episode 90 of the Bench Time Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. So we've had our Patreon around for quite some time, and we've recently changed up some of the benefits. Now you can get a chance to win um, some really cool stuff like uh, Craftsman Kits, and we're going to give away a Craftsman Kit every month for our patrons at a certain level, as well as uh, being able to participate in model builds and some contest builds and things like that, different contests that are exclusive for patrons. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash HOScaleCustoms to learn how you could help, sorry, help support our show. Sorry about that. And get involved with some really cool contests and some neat um, giveaways. So again, that's patreon.com forward slash HOScaleCustoms. We love all of our patrons. Head on over there and see if you guys want to check out joining for your chance to win some stuff and get some cool things in return. Well, with that, let's jump into this week's episode. This week's winner of the weekly contest was Jake Johnson for showing his gnarliest looking paintbrush. So congratulations, Jake Johnson. You are getting a RailroadKits.com kit as well as an HO Scale Customs koozie. And if you want your chance to win an HO Scale Customs koozie and a kit that we have from uh, RailroadKits.com, you can participate in this week's contest. This week, we're asking you to show us something you've made from scrap material. It could be leftover parts, wood scraps, excess styrene. Um, this could be something you've made that's large, small, a detailed part like downspouts or something like that. Anything. Anything you've done that you've utilized a piece of scrap material for. So you can submit your picture to our Facebook page for this week's pinned post or email it to podcasts at hoscalecustoms.com for your chance to win a kit from railroadkits.com and an HO Scale Customs koozie. All right. Make sure you get your entries in by next Thursday uh, at 11.59.59 p.m. Thanks, guys. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to episode 90 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of HO Scale Customs. So... This week, we have a special guest on the show. We haven't had a guest in a couple weeks, and uh, it's been hard with vacations, and everyone's gone away trying to get those last-minute trips in before school starts, but we have a new guest on the show, not a repeating guest, so this is very exciting. So we have Dave Yale from Dave's Model Railway Stuff. So my dad's in, and Dave's in here right now, so I'm going to hand it off to those two and um, let my dad introduce Dave here. Think you already did. Well, I did introduce you, so yeah. (laughs) But thanks for coming on the show, Dave. Oh, you're welcome. Your company for 3D printing. Oh yeah. It's called. It's called what? Dave's Model Railway Stuff. Dave's Model Railway Stuff, and it's really cool. Uh, The website for everybody before we get going, so you guys can check it out while we're while whatever you're doing this weekend here, on you know, and you're listening if you're on your workbench or whatever. D A V E S M R S dot com. Okay. So, um, it's, let me repeat that D A V E S M R S dot com. Yeah. And what did you say the first time? Yeah. I want to repeat it. It looks like, might be writing it. It hopefully looks, somebody's writing it down. So yeah. Check it out. It looks like okay. Dave's so, Misses.com, if you're going to pronounce it that it way. Dave's Misses. <laughs> that's, a, that's a safe thing to do, um, actually. And it, you, I, you know. I, I just noticed that as I was looking at it the second, uh, this time over, it looks it looks like that. So if, <laughs> if you need it to be no. pronounced, that's how it is. Okay. So now, now Dave, how 
you've been doing 3D printing for model railroading. Uh, uh, where, how long have you been doing the 3D printing? And so, did it always start with model railroading? Yeah, about 2013. Um, I had model railroad when I was a teenager. I actually did a fine scale roundhouse kit years ago when they were when they were like twenty dollars. Um, and I'd gotten out of it for a number of years because of life and such. And about that year, I got back in, and I joined a modular club, and I was building a module, and I wanted interior details. And I started looking online, and I saw these beautiful cast metal details, and I realized to do the detail for a bathroom would cost me about a hundred dollars. <laughs> and uh, so I said, well, geez, that's a lot of money. And I'd heard about the 3D printing and it sounded interesting. And I just kind of got into it and um, started designing some models. And then one thing led to another. Now, as a model railroader, why did you start model railroading when you were a kid? Or? Yeah, when I was a teenager, I had the typical four by eight railway that grows with the uh, the book. And yes. my, my father helped me build a, a train table. And then in college, I had some end scale. But then when I got a family and kids and a house and everything, it sort of went to the side for a peri period of time. Then my kids got older and uh, I had more time again. Oh, that's now. Now, did your kids ever get into it or are they do they have any interest at all in that or? No, my daughter's gone to a couple shows, but uh, she's 20 years old and uh, uh, yeah. it, it's not it's not her thing. No, no, um, I get that. And um, now. When you um, when you were model railroading, when you made started making the three D products for yourself to save yourself some money, obviously, um, what what scale did you or do you model now? H O scale. Oh, you do H O. Okay. Now, because I noticed now on his website, everybody's got to go check it out because it's not just a, a website for selling. Okay? No. It, it tells you everything, like printing, how to print. He's got a new tab he just put on. He just told us that printing at home with a 3D printer. Um, it talks to you about how how to how to print with them, I guess. And then, of course, the cleaning and painting of the of the printed casts. What do you call them? You call them casts? Just models. Models. Okay, so, models. Uh, and just so, to clarify, real quick, the on the tab that Dave has for printing at home with a 3D printer, and this is one you've worked with or work with currently, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm looking right at it. Nice. And is it? I mean, do you have a do you have a few different ones? We'll probably get into that a little bit down the road here. Um, but do you have a few different ones, and are there different styles that you have that you print with? Yeah, I actually have four right now. Oh um, wow! <laughs> uh, two of them are actually one of them's taken apart for a substantial rebuild and the other one is taken apart for a little rebuild and the other one I haven't worked with much but the okay. the, the photon's a different type of printer and that's what I've been using a lot lately. Gotcha. Right. Now you you go to shows as well and you, you sell these online and then you also you do you said you take your daughter to a couple shows was that as a model railroader or do you do shows with your 3D product? Uh, both, actually. Uh, I'm a member of Valley HO Track, which is a modular club. We each have four-foot sections, and the club has corners and a yard. And we go to uh, train shows, and we set up there, and we run our trains there. So it's totally portable. And it's a great way for somebody that has limited time, space, or money to get into model railroading because it's a small commitment. You guys know what commitment a big layout is. Yeah, sure. Uh, oh, Absolutely. 
And then I also uh, will go to, for instance, I'm going to Syracuse in September to the um, regional NMRA show. And then October, I'll be in King of Prussia. And there I'll be doing oh, clinics wow. on 3D printing, which I do talk about the things I sell, but I talk about the technology and other things about the technology. Right? The parts I sell are only a small piece of it. Um, I was just looking at, uh, hopefully, hopefully this is the same one that you're talking about. Hey, Brett. Yeah. King of Prussia is right down the street. I know. October 10th through the 13th. Ooh. Are you running that weekend? Um, I say we go down. I will have to check with the boss. I'm not running, but I might, I don't know what the boss has. My wife has scheduled for us. Um, yeah. Hey Dave, real quick. Uh, I'm looking, <laughs> I think I, uh, hopefully I'm looking at the right website cause this is pretty impressive, uh, for some modular stuff. Is it, is it? H-O Valley, I'm, I'm sorry, Valley H-O Track, T-R-A-K dot com. Yep, yep. No Man, there no, are some good modelers on that. There are, it's interesting because we have some that are just excellent modelers for building the scenery and such. We have other guys that are extremely good with, for instance, electronics and DCC. Uh-huh. Um, and, and some people are just great with weathering. Some people are skilled in everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm scrolling through the gallery here, and there's some there's some really nice looking uh, modules on that. Yeah, and our uh, club president he actually took a prize down in um, Florida at the national convention for uh, a building he did called the Waterbury Pen Company. Okay, um, I don't believe we have that on the website. Um, I don't see it on there. Um, no, I need, I need to add it. I do that website also. Okay. So but that's my fault. That it's I'll put a right. link in the, the show description. You guys can check out that eight, uh, Valley HO track. It is, a uh, some really, some really nice modeling and nice, nice, um, modules on that. So anyway, it's not to, not to get off track from the printing. Yeah, but, well, that's but, okay. We do that. Dave, sorry about that. Sometimes <laughs> we tend to go down rabbit holes and well, I mean, this is uh, some good work. So I wanted to work. point it out. Yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's about model railroading. It's about people enjoying <laughs> the hobby, and I'm only a little piece of that. There's a lot right. of a hobby out there other than the 3D printing that, mm -hmm. that I'm interested in and uh, happy to talk about and promote. Now, this, the, the things that you make that you sell on your site, I'm trying to – well, if I go to menu, how do I find those things? If I'm on the menu, they would be under photo, photo gallery or um, where would I find the things that you're selling? No, if you just go to the home homepage, mm -hmm. and you, it has displayed several of the models. But what actually how it works is there's a company in New York called Shapeways, mm -hmm. and they have 3D printers that are you know between forty and two hundred thousand dollars. They're industrial uh, machines, <laughs> right? And the price of a, uh, some of them are upwards of price of a house. Yeah, it's they're a lot. They're nice though. I've, I've been to the factory down there, the, the shop, and. The items that I sell are actually ordered through Shapeways, and they're produced at Shapeways and shipped from Shapeways. So they're made on not home machines, but very expensive commercial machines. Gotcha. Right. Are you design Then you do the design work for what we would be ordering. Yes. All the things that are shown on my site, and there's more. If you go to the Shapeways site, uh, I have like a storefront, and uh, you can click on it from the homepage. Yes. And all of the designs there are designs that I've either done or they're designs that were public domain d designs, ones that anybody could use, but I had to take and modify them and make them suitable for 3D printing. Very cool. Um, and that was one of the questions I had, um, and might as well just ask it now. Um, so 
you you have a part of your site that talks about printing at home and it goes through uh, this specifically this uh, photon printer um, now is there a so say somebody who is not very good with a CAD program or isn't very design savvy is there a place that they can go that's kind of open source community where they can download um, drawings or plans maybe not to their scale and then scale it down to size um, to print on their own 3d printer until they learn until they learn how to do their own the the site that most people know about is called Thingiverse and if you look at the top of the printing at home uh, page Mm -hmm. I have the link to my models I see that but they uh, they have a tremendous amount of models everything everything under the sun um and actually the things that i printed on the photon that in that green material there they mm-hmm. all came off thing iverse they were not my designs gotcha i just i got them and i scaled them down to approximately hl nice and um and you're scaling them down with a uh, program kind of uh are you using uh, a program that the printers come with or are you at, are using a program something like SketchUp or a free CAD uh, software? Yeah, these, they loaded them in what's called a slicer. And okay. That's the software that takes the design and converts it into something that the printer can understand. Gotcha. And they allow you to scale things up and down within that program. So I, I actually put a little model of a ruler, a HO scale ruler that I designed in there so that I can just eyeball it and I say, okay, I want this four feet tall. So I put it, the ruler model next to it on the computer on the screen and I just scale it till it's the right size. And then I just delete that ruler before I, I print what's in the printer. Nice. Nice. And the thing Iverse is that a community, that's a community of, of, of people that own 3d printers that offer designs up for other people to use. Correct. Yeah, all the designs on there are free to download. Okay. Um, you can optionally give a donation toward the designer. Um, and they also have message groups for various printers where you can get help if you run into a technical oh, nice. issue or something. Cool. Now, I'm kind of technically challenged. So I've got a couple <laughs> questions. That's an understatement. Yeah, no, no I'm okay. You know, I, I'm okay. No, I'm just messing with you. I'm messing but, with you. But, but I don't know much. Is this like an AutoCAD program kind of like that or... Uh, how, how would you design? I saw a cat on here. How the hell do you design a cat? I mean, how would you do that? Yeah, I didn't design the cat itself. I find personally, I am not good with what they call organic models, which are like people or animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do well with machinery and, and things like that. We would probably um, do better with that. I like straight lines, uh, to put it <laughs> bluntly. <laughs> um, but if you look on that page at the very bottom, there's a, uh, there's a picture of a Victorian house, mm-hmm. and I talk about, let's see, how would you do the roof over that turret room? And then I have down below it, there's a, a screenshot of a turret roof that I designed in a program called SketchUp. Yeah. And that's a, a free program that you can get. That's a, I think that's owned by Google now, actually. I believe it is. But, they uh, have a paid version and a free version. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can, for, for uh, the conventions in September and October, I'll have printed that. And um, I have some shingle material, so I try to put some shingles and such on it to make it look like a roof. And nice. it's to show how you can take 3D printing and use it within like a building kit, like scratch building, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this type of building. Because it, it seems to me to scratch build that roof would be very difficult. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't even 
I wouldn't even want to dream of attempting that. That would be, that would be crazy. And on the other side, 3D printing the walls right now probably is a bad idea. So you make the walls out of, uh, you know, uh, wood material mm-hmm. scratch, uh, using traditional scratch building techniques. So you can combine the two. And that's something I want to work with in the future. Very cool. So um, as I'm looking at, for instance, say we're going to do this turret roof. Um, now, as a, somebody who would be, say I got a 3D printer tomorrow, if I, if I ordered it on Amazon tomorrow or wherever. Uh, I know you have the Photon is uh, you put a link, not an affiliate link, but a link to the Photon printer as a recommendation uh, as a 3D printer. If I get that tomorrow, now when I create this kind of a, a turret roof or I create a, uh, a section like a storefront, is there usually uh, some cleanup that needs to be involved? I mean, this is something, this is coming from a question of uh, someone who's never done this before. When you create this kind of 3D model or a 3D piece of a structure, is there burrs you have to remove or what's involved with that? There can be. Um, when you look at the figures that, in the, that are come out of the photon, you'll see that they have those support structures. Mm-hmm. And I, I consider that to be like taking stuff off a plu- uh, screw on a plastic model. I use a, right. a good uh, uh, screw cutters. The, the big thing is you can't have like something sticking straight out because with no support, there's no way for the printer to print that, whether it be gotcha. um, – the, the, no matter which style of printer it is. And I can talk a little bit more about that. Um, the You get less of a problem with the resin printer. Now, the photon we're talking about, what that actually does is it uses a liquid resin and it's in like a little vat with an LCD screen on the bottom and uh-huh. there's a metal plate that comes down. And the LCD screen gives off uh, UV light. And the liquid resin is cured and made hard by this UV light. Layer by layer. Layer by layer. Ah. Each layer is like two-tenths of a millimeter high. Wow. So, so it's, it's not like the – it's very different. From, so so actually we're going to – I think I think at this point in the podcast we should step back and kind of break down what's going on with 3D printing. Because we're talking about what – before you just said that, I'm thinking – of the 3D printers where it has the the spool of what would look, look it looks like weed whacker line mm-hmm. and it feeds yep. into the, the 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 head or whatever you would call it and melts it and prints it that way. Now this actually is working with a more of a liquid medium and it's curing it layer by layer, right? Correct. That's how wow. that style works. Okay. Um, the advantages are you get a lot better detail. You can get very fine detail. The disadvantages are liquid resin is smelly. Um, mm-hmm. It's a hazardous material. You have to have some type of ventilation. You have to wear gloves. Gotcha. And you have to clean up. I use, uh, personally, I use those pads that they sell for when you have a puppy, um, ah, the training pads. Yeah. I put one of them out on my work surface so that it gets dirty with any of the liquid resin. And then when I'm done, I can just wad it up and throw it away. Very cool. We have plenty of those pads down there. At the <laughs> for Brett. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't want to go upstairs and use the restroom. I just go to the corner. Yeah, and... I, I couldn't let that one just. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that's a very important distinction, though. Not yeah, the, not is. the not the pads for me, but the uh, the difference in printing. Um, I, I'm. Yeah. I, I, 
me, and I'm sure you you run across that a lot just working in the in the industry and going to these shows, is I automatically assumed it was the filament where it's got that big spool of looks like weed like I said, it looks like weed whacker threading or weed whacker line and it feeds it in. So this is actually uh, is it like a cartridge? No, you get the resin in a bottle. Oh you wow. Pour it into this vat huh. that they have. And now, uh, it has a clear wise, plastic okay. bottom. Now, price-wise, between the resin in the bottle and the stuff that comes off the spool, is it comparable? Or the filament on the spool is cheaper for big bottles, uh, probably quite a bit cheaper. Okay, uh, but if you're doing a lot of detail parts and stuff, is there right. as much of a difference? I mean, when you're talking these small parts, they're not—they don't use much material. So right. I don't think that's an issue. Okay. Right. But I mean, for us, that would be what we'd be more interested in. Um, at most, I think, like we talked about before we started recording, it would be um, like a storefront maybe or some chimneys. So so it seems like if, if it's someone that's into in the model railroading scales that we're into, NHO, maybe some S or O gauge, um, uh, it would be not much of a difference really between the spools or the resin, correct? If you're just doing some detail parts, if you're not printing giant walls. Yeah, you're not going to notice the difference because even with the more expensive resin, they just don't cost that much for a figure. If you're getting into trying to print a whole building, then you have more material. Right. And there you might see it, but it's still not going to, in my mind, going to be a lot. Okay. And, and, you know, if if the detail is so much better, then I I wouldn't mind paying a little bit more for the for the uh product itself i mean the material no i mean especially if it if it, especially if it creates less work for me in the long run if it's a i'm right. looking i'm looking at the um the chimney and there's a, you have a photo on your site of the home on the home printing link of the barrels mm-hmm. a chimney and, or, and it looks like a tire yeah, and those are all in the package I sent you that hasn't arrived yet. I have the mystery package. I'm, I, it'll show up eventually. Um, well, so, although I will say, I will say, sometimes there's an extra day or two because I have a rural mail delivery carrier. I don't have a I don't okay. have a regular mail truck. So all right. every now and then there's a delay because he's it's just a guy in a jeep comes he by. He stopped off at the bar on the way. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you know he, he sometimes he just pulls over, <laughs> takes a nap. Down the street. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Brett's out in the Amish country, man. I'm in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, yeah. but anyways, back, back on track. Um, those chimneys and barrels are. It, in my opinion, very clean. So the details for, insane. So for the for the most part, with that type of printing, that's kind of what you can expect. Obviously, there's going to be user error and some. There's always there's always an element of error involved with when you're dealing with humans, but um, you know, that's it, it, to me it looks like a cleaner a, uh, a cleaner 3D print than what I've what I would expect. Oh, Is that absolutely. a pelican? Is that a pelican? That, that is a pelican that I was going to send to you because I've heard you talk about pelicans, but yeah. I didn't get it done in time to put it in that mystery box so it's here on my bench. Oh boy! Now, now the uh, the tires. I want to I want to kind of grasp how you do a design uh, because that's a lot, a lot of this here. Uh, you have a bunch of tires that look like different sizes, and then you have some barrels in, in there in a junk pile with a bunch of junk stuff. Uh, did you design that then on, your, on that program you were talking about? I did not design this. I could. This is okay. within my level of expertise. Uh, one thing you got to realize 
that makes it easy is when you have in a, in a model like this, this almost looks like a, a resin casting mm-hmm. almost to me. I'm yeah. wondering if it was very, a it's, it's very close. Uh, it's, it almost, I mean, if it was a different color, it would have looked like a resin casting if it wasn't translucent yeah. green. Yeah. And But when you're designing it with the, the software, you make one barrel and you put it in a couple different places. And you uh-huh. make one tire, put it in a couple places, and maybe you make it bigger and you use it again. So you've only designed that tire one time and you've used it 10 or 20 times in the model. Control C, so, Control V, you know, exactly. copy and paste. And just, just like in graphic art. Yep. Very cool. See, I could grasp this pretty quick, I feel like, just because of my uh, background in graphic design. And I went to school for um, computer-aided drafting and design. So I feel like I oh, could okay. pick this up pretty quickly. I just have always been hesitant of it. So, yeah. Now, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. I kind of want to take a step back. And uh, we're talking a lot about your designs, and they are fantastic. I want to get into that a little bit later on. But I think what would be really valuable for our listeners is kind of how you got started in 3D printing and how our listeners can get started in 3D printing for, you know, without breaking the bank, obviously. They're not going to go out and buy a $20,000 3D printer. Um, Is there kind of – can you detail the steps that you took to – get into 3d printing and kind of lay out the path maybe maybe in that story it would lay out the path of how the average person could just get into doing this and start making their own things like you have if, the, if that's what they're interested in because the applications for this and we talked about that right before the show or it's, it's endless or even like you have you know you've started to create some stuff on your own and selling it um which is it's it's amazing the the stuff you look at and think, holy cow! Like this is just, it's so simple, but it's it looks so complicated in the long run. Um, I just want to hear your kind of your story of how you dove into getting into three D printing. The the actual thing that I wanted most and I couldn't find is um, I had uh, a DPM kit. The the everybody has one that has a city scene. You know, you have the DPM plastic kit. It's the brick building and it's got these big windows. Oh yeah. Right. And I've looked online and most of the windows, everybody comes up with a way. So you don't see in the windows, mm-hmm. you block them off. Um, some people will take and put a printed interior in like a flat piece of paper. It doesn't look bad, but I wanted to do a little bit more. So I have a model that is restaurant foods, chairs, and tables. And I think you <laughs> I think that was in the original stuff that you sent us. I believe it, it very well could be. I believe and we it, received some of that. It's actually the model I have sold the most of, hmm. uh, of all my models. And what the heck was that, Brett? It, it was my phone. My phone was <laughs> oh, warning oh. me that what time it was. Um, so I put it further <laughs> away. Um, I get, actually, is this when you're on your homepage, it's on the top right. It's a very top right photo. I believe it has some booths and some regular chairs yeah. and some round tables. Yes. I, that, I have a couple of different versions of the model, but yeah, that's the one. Okay. Okay. Yep. So that allowed me with a couple of figures to, to do a little scene inside the window that could bring the, the, when you view it, you could see inside. And that's a typical thing. There's a lot of restaurants that you drive by and you look and you can see people inside the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I just felt it was a, a, a nice thing to do in uh, doing it that way, the, there's different materials. On the Shapeways models, there's two different kinds of plastic. 
And that's done in what's actually a nylon powder that they use a laser beam to fuse together oh, wherever wow. the model's supposed to be. And they do it one little tiny layer at a time. It's cheaper, but it's a little granular. Um, paint, paint can actually bleed through a, a, a thin surface. It can go through the little pores to the other side. Okay. But for the inside of a restaurant like that, it's fine. Yeah, you I mean, know, if you're you just painting... If you're painting a chair all one color or you're painting a tabletop all one color, it's not too big of a deal. Exactly. And um, so you can relatively inexpensively, that set has enough. You can do a couple interiors if you want. Um, the other material Shapeways has is actually done from a liquid resin, sort of like the home printer I have, but it's much more sophisticated and you don't have to worry about supports. It uses a wax material and after they print it, they put it in a little oven basically and they melt the wax away and you're left with the model is that the more translucent one yes okay yes it, i do like machine tools um, and things like that yeah i want a higher level of detail in okay um that's pretty cool yeah okay. I, I was actually thinking of um so the 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 interior restaurant uh, chairs and tables and booths that you we actually have those and I you I think you sent I know those I know we have those downstairs um, we do. We do. I, I built the diner from the, what's it Eleanor's quick stop or Eleanor's diner from mm -hmm. FOS scale models I think I actually now I want to rip out the pla the black <laughs> I want to rip out the black cardboard um, uh, window yeah. dressing behind it that blocked out all the windows and just put yeah, a few of these it. in there do because, it. and I mean, and, and we got the, we got the lighting from uh, microlumina. All I have to do is throw one little tiny light inside uh, the diner and yeah. you'd be able to see all these little tables and stuff inside. That'd be perfect. Yeah. And, and a couple and, figures and yeah, it'd be, there you, go. you get, you get one or two waitress looking figures and then a couple people sitting at the tables and you got a whole scene inside there. Yeah. But, um, uh, or, or a little sidewalk seating. How many restaurants have a, oh, yeah. a couple tables and chairs on the sidewalk outside? Well, we have a but we have plenty of little swanky little uh, jazz clubs and bars. We could always throw a couple tables outside uh, one of those restaurants too. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. So I've heard you talking about how you want to look at small scenes on the layout. Yeah, and uh, th this is one way you can work toward that. Well, and it's really neat too because what you're doing is uh, you're opening up a door, and I think. Even though 3D printing's, and I want to hear your opinion of this, even though 3D printing's been around for, you know, half a decade or a little longer than that for, for now, um, I feel like it's still in such its infancy of what it can do and the amount of stuff that's been created with it already. Um, do you believe, do you think, do you feel the same way? I feel like there's just so much more that hasn't been created, whether it's for what we're doing or for even larger scale stuff. Um, there's so much more that we can do with this. And I feel like the model railroading world is not really tapped into this completely. Yeah. It's, I, I think that it, where it's really going to shine is low production work. If you're making a lot of something, you're never going to beat the true budget that you get with a, a injection molding, but you have a very high setup cost with injection molding. So um, for instance, if you model an S scale, you're just not going to see a lot of stuff. Right. Because it costs so much to set it up and they don't sell enough. So I have some models in S scale that I've done and I've talked to a few people and they're they are really happy to get them actually because they're things they can't get otherwise. Right. right. And to do them with injection molding, 
you might be able to do a little bit better detail with the injection molding, but the setup, no, no company, I don't believe any company is going to take that kind of financial risk. Right. You're not going to lay out, lay out that giant, um, upfront cost to, to, to make such a, uh, to make a product for such a smaller demand detail part for that scale. Um, whereas in for a 3d printer, someone at their house or someone like you could, um, you know, for a few hundred or a few thousand dollars, just create, uh, or buy a 3d printer and be able to use it forever for anything they want to make in the future. So, yeah, the, the advantage of a place like Shapeways using a service is their printers are a better quality. They, they get a better detail. They can use technologies you can't use in your house. But the other thing is, as technology gets better, this type of company is going to upgrade their machine. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Shapeways is the big player in the market, and I don't know if they're going to stay in this game or if the economy is going to change and the business is going to change because they've kind of pushed this to the back. It's, it's harder to find on their website. But um, the the in the future, I think that as 3D printing gets better in quality and speed, um, you're going to see other things become available. Like a company might have a locomotive where each variant is available and you just choose. If oh, you wow. want the F model from 1997, that's what you choose on the website and they print it out as you order it. Um, that's not, we're not there yet. We're, we're not even that close to anything like that, but mm-hmm. I can definitely see that in the future somewhere. Huh. Well, I see, I see some other, we, we keep talking about the small minute details that we use to, you know, for designing the interior of a building or, you know, things that we do. But, you know, there's other applications throughout model railroading that we don't talk enough about because it's not the biggest interest for us. It's not the trains and such. However, for Brett and I, I, you know, for many of our listeners, it is. And, um, but like here you have interiors for Pullman cars and, um, you know, you know, pure uh, observation and dining cars and things like that, which is that that's another great way to uh, to you know the, this resource can be used um, in that. And then I also saw um, such things. There's a lot of railroading um, capability. You had some what's of whether these they are. I'm trying to scroll on the website and it keeps closing up on me. Yeah, the switch stands. Oh yeah. Trackside and things like that. Um, you know, if you're really big into the railroad application and you need to use many, many, many of these different things, you could design. You know how, you know, some of the every so often down the side of a track, there's different things that I'm not really up to. We're not railroad people. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I'm really going to screw up the vocabulary on this too. But, <laughs> um, you know, there's there's different types of towers and such and different things that are along the railroad track that are repeated every so often down the line. And uh, this is a good way to to produce that without, you know, having to build each one with wood or you know, um, styrene or whatever you had to do, um, just repeatedly, I, I don't know what the hell they're called and I'm so sorry. I don't, um, but I don't know what these products all, all are or track side. We're learning as we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, this is an application that it can be used in, 
Um, and, and I also see where there are several structures that are starting to you you did uh, the front of a, uh, uh, a it looked like a storefront okay mm-hmm. um, but I've also and, and that looked great now you the one you had a picture of you said it warped a little bit it did um, now is once that's done and it warps a little bit is there a way that it can be bent back once it's produced or not that particular one. That's in the mystery <laughs> box too, actually. Oh, uh, in the um, mystery box. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, we'll figure out a way to bend it back. Don't worry. <laughs> and it might be. I have. I haven't tried to print that type of thing on a filament printer yet. The filament is a more flexible. The resin is less flexible once it's cured and dried because the resin you have to cure under a UV lamp. Mm-hmm. In addition to, to cleaning it, you have to. I have an ultrasonic cleaner that I clean it. It's it's much more of a production. Gotcha. But the filament. I think that I might actually have a better uh, result using the filament. Now, the problem using the filament is there's what they call step lines, uh, where where the different layers. Sometimes you can see where the layers right. change from one to the other. Um, so that that like I said, that's a work in progress. I'm trying to figure that out. Right. Uh, one thing I have also done. Well, just to go back to one thing you talked about, those switch stands. Those are actually Canadian national switch stands. Uh, because somebody wanted Canadian national switch stands. So I said, well, here's a design if you like it. And he, he they used to be produced, and, mm. but they weren't produced anymore. One right. thing that might interest you, um, foundations for buildings. Um, yes. Overlooked a lot on very, very good railroads. Um, you know, they put the building straight on a flat surface. Okay. Mm. I am from Connecticut. We have hills. There's, there's almost nothing flat here. Um, <laughs> And so one thing I've looked at is how to do foundations and I, I made them out of styrene and I can do it better and easier on a 3d printer. Um, to, and, and matter of fact, even those, uh, DPM townhouse kits, I did one that has a foundation that actually oh, yes, has, I saw that yeah, there's a door like at the basement level, mm-hmm. like a, yes. like a New York brownstone almost. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, somebody could scratch build that, but I could be honest, I can't. I'm only a mediocre modeler, okay? And um, I can do some of these things with 3D printing that I would not be able to do scratch building or it would take me 10 attempts yeah. in a year. Well, and, and how much other, you know, material wasted that you would have to try to even get it to that point and frustration. So that mm-hmm. that – are you looking at the uh, – It's I think it's called DPM Townhouse Number 3 Foundation? Um, it could be. I got to be honest. I don't remember. The it looks name, like there's a stairway up to the main door, and then there's a stairwell underneath the stairway up to the main door. I mean, a doorway yep. underneath. Yep. Yeah, that is that is really cool. And there's small windows along the foundation. It looks like. Yep, that's that, it. that's the one. That is that's incredible. That's cool. That that would be hard to scratch build for even uh, a, a skilled modeler. That yeah. that the the ink the what do I want to say the intricacy of that setup even for a skilled model it would be very difficult so to pick something up for 20 bucks like you have it on there on your shapeways site would be a, a godsend to someone i mean i would i would rather buy that from someone on shapeways like you than even try to spend an entire weekend trying to make that work now the other thing with these foundations is um, i haven't converted them yet but they are probably something i can convert so they can be printed at home. And uh, uh-huh. those are probably the type of model I would put on my Thingiverse page available for anybody for download. Right. Um, 
and they would probably print pretty good. You'd have to do something different with the railings. Uh, I don't know if the railings would print right, but everything else should print fine on a home 3D printer. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about a printer that you're spending less than $250 for, and and we we get to the point where either you can design it yourself or you can find the pre-made models, it doesn't take too many before you're ahead of the game. Right. So... um. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I got off. I got off. I'm going to get off track here. Am I correct in seeing that you have a 240 window? Uh, oh, <laughs> you have 200. Yeah, I do. That is crazy looking. It looks like a radiator. That like, is a, a test. I was trying to to determine if I could print windows on shapeways that were competitive with some of the, for instance, the Titchy windows. Mm -hmm. And I'm not nicking Titchy because Titchy (laughs) makes a great product with great detail. But what if you're scratch building a particular building that has a particular style of window? And you need to run a whole bunch. And you need a bunch of them. So I did some tests and nobody's ever ordered that, nor do I expect to ever sell one. No, I just make it and see what it came out to at the end for a price i just found it extremely interesting the way it looks <laughs> as a giant block it looks like a pack of ramen noodles if any of the college kids are listening it looks like the wavy texture of ramen but within it is packed a whole bunch of i guess they're arched top windows yeah sorry i was i got i got off track i was scrolling through and i saw that and i'm like what is that it looks like a. Is that under skill? It's on uh, his. It's on his Shapeways exterior, site. Exterior, yeah, exterior windows. Yeah. Two hundred forty window test B. Is that what you're? Yeah, at? that is. It's yeah. first of all, it's okay. me- it's mesmerizing to look at just because of the pattern and the texture, and then right, when you realize right. that there's all those windows packed in that little tiny. Sorry, I got off track. Right, but that's 240 windows, Brett. Now, that, that would be something you would want to buy no, but, if you're like... Um, no, but today's... If you're like Frank, you know, Frank Varga and you're building well, your... This goes, this goes to point out. This goes to point out something Dave was talking about when I brought this up. So say you and I or Frank Varga wanted to scratch build a skyscraper a big building or just a, maybe not even a skyscraper, just a large building. And we needed 150 of one window that Titchy, maybe they have it, but it's not quite what we want. Well, we could send, for instance, a photo match, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Say there's a building locally in my area that, which I know there's a few that I've taken pictures of that have windows that aren't quite what I want. Um, from titchy selection and there's not like you said we're not knocking titchy but they're not always a hundred percent what you really need for unique stuff we could send something to someone like you or you know any 3d printer but you because you're used to this scale um and run a block off of windows like that and do a giant block for a few bucks and we would get more than what we need for that and it would be completely custom but it would look exactly like what we need compared to what we could get from Titchy. Or if you make kits and you have a particular window you want to include in your kit and you want to order 240 of them because there's, I don't know, 10 in each kit and you want to be able to put out 24 kits. There you go. Cut them off, you know, 8 to 10 at a time. and, and I see applications... Man, there's so much, and and for that, that for that kind of stuff. Audio? No, are you there? You there? 
Yeah, your audio changed here a little bit. Well, I don't know. I didn't hear anything different on my end. So there's a train in the background because I live near that train. There's a train in the background right now, so maybe I threw it off. Who knows? My internet's so bad. Could have been that. But anyways, no, like Dave said, you know, uh, even for the kit manufacturers that are listening, hint, hint, if there is something that... uh, you you know yeah but 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 real though they're they're always I feel like they're always kind of you know stuck with using a laser cut uh, window or uh, a titchy window. Well, if there's something that could be done in 3D printing, um, that's more unique and adds more depth without having to glue a whole bunch of layers of laser cut stuff together. We could always go with a 3D printed window. Dave, question for you. Sure. Modular, modular walls. Would there be an application for building modular walls? So let's say you wanted to build something of a superstructure and um, you wanted to build the same repetitive wall with like, you know, six, seven, well, six, eight windows on it and then build the next one. And would, it, would it be, would it be uh, practical economically to do that? Or would it be better to just have something like that cast in, in injection mold? It depends on the volume. Um, I'm not an expert on injection molding by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but uh, my understanding is even a cheap mold is well into the five figures by the time mm-hmm. you get it done. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it's a, a question of how many do you think you're going to sell? Yeah. So if you're just making it for your own personal use, um, mm-hmm. you could make an inject. You could make a uh, a wall, a modular type wall, but you wanted repeated over and over. Mm-hmm. and do that um, but then you really have to print a whole lot of them mm-hmm. now or you know make one and use it as a master to make a hydrocal mold hydrocal mold yeah 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 that's a great idea see see huh. yeah, we keep we're coming up with ideas here <laughs> I'm sure ideas that, that, that Dave's already done but I mean these are ideas and um, but this is the this is the the path that you can go down in this particular part of the hobby is, you know, there's so many, like you said, there's so many options that probably haven't even been touched yet. Oh, yeah. Done. Now, let's go to a different side of this, if you don't mind. Sure. Let's let's go to um, the the modeler side of this. Okay, after it's done and it's, and it's printed, what do you have to do before you can start painting it? Do they need to be washed and cleaned? Like some some resin molds have a, you know, the molds have like a mold, um, a it, film. There's a residue on it off. that you have to wash yeah, off. Yeah, residue you have to clean off, and then you know you can paint them and then you obviously prime them and everything else. So what's the process of, you know, the paint the, to get to a final painted process? Well, here's where it gets complicated because it might be different for the different types of printing. The Shapeways models, the higher quality ones, have a lot of times like a waxy film on them. And I soak them in acetone just for about five minutes. Some people don't like acetone because of there could be health issues, even though young girls seem to put it on their fingernails all the time to get their nail polish off. (laughs) Um, I also have an ultrasonic cleaner, and I've used a water and vinegar solution that seems to have worked pretty good for that. For the resin models out of the AnyCubic printer, um, I have the ultrasonic cleaner and I use this cleaning fluid called mean green that I get from Lowe's. It's like $3 a quart. I've seen that. Yeah. And, yeah. And it seems to do a good job. Is that simple? Is it, it's very simple to 
or very similar to just simple green? It could be. Okay. I watched on YouTube and a guy tested like five different ways to clean and he <laughs> felt this was the best. So All right. Well, I, we'll I go with it. His recommendation. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Power YouTube. I learned so much from YouTube. It's crazy. So anyways. After that, you can paint them with your choice of paints. Um, I've used the cheap craft paint, you know, the, the 50 cent to a dollar tubes. I've used Our my leftover testers from when I was a kid that some of the bottles were still good, if you can believe that. Wow. 30 years old and they were still good. <laughs> um, and uh, I've also used some more modern modeling paints, some of the more traditional paints. And they all seem to work pretty good. You have to watch the normal ideas of what if you're using more than one kind of paint, you have to make sure they're compatible. And the only thing I worry at all about is there are some paints that use acetone and the acetone, I think, can affect some of the models. So that particular kind of paint I, I would stay away from. I haven't done tests, um, right. but uh, I don't want to take the chance. Now, one of the things that I feel that needs to be retapped into in this hobby is because there's not enough of it going on and that is i'm holding one in my hand is um the hs skill vehicles um like jordan's models or sylvan's models and you know they're yeah, obviously they make great products and and such but there's not enough of them out there there's not enough manufacturers out there how hard would it be to design and put out a vehicle like that i the design is the hard part i, I think once you have the design the mm -hmm. technology could print it fine right. um i don't know if you'd have any advantage over some of the good resin kits especially the sylvan has some beautiful uh motor vehicles right what the advantage might be is if you get enough people in it that do the design if, if that side of it grows right. and you have enough people that are offering the designs um, i think that's the key um, I, I've looked at cars. There's only so many hours in a day. I haven't gotten into that side of it. I've been doing some different things. Right. Sure. Well, I, like I said, it's we're at the point in this hobby with that that there, you know, if you have a decent sized layout, you putting a, a vehicle on a on your the vehicles are running, you know, twelve to twenty hours oh, yeah. and up. Mm -hmm. um, for a single vehicle, and you're like, wow, I mean, just to put a couple, I'm doing right now, I'm doing uh, an FSM kit, Baxter's Building Supply. Yeah. And um, there's one I'm going to have, I'd like to have two, I'm looking at it right now, five, probably four or five vehicles on it. And you're talking probably 80 to $100 if you're, till you're done oh, yeah. doing it. Absolutely. And, and then, and, and I think that's, Personally, I think that's absolutely ridiculous, considering um, what you're, you know, for for what you're getting product-wise out of it, compared to if you buy already. Well, heck, we we had this conversation many times on this show. Is why why Hot Wheels and Matchbox can make a metal one that has good detail. <laughs> it's not really to scale, and it looks kind of toyish. But they have pretty good detail on some of them, and they cost a dollar or two dollars yep. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yet we have now they're obviously mass produced and it's made of a different product. But it you know, and then we have these things 
that are cheap plastic. We think they're cheap plastic, but we're finding out now that they're not because they're, you know, what they had the process they had to go through. But come on, I mean, really, it's it's not it's a, it's not heavy heavy material. It's not expensive, super expensive material. It shouldn't be, and uh, they're you know, it's it's costing an arm and a leg. Do you think down the road that that three D printing some somehow put a you know, bring that down a little bit to a more realistic m- manner where you can actually furnish a HS scale layout with uh, a, a good amount of vehicles? Absolutely. I think that uh, you're going to be able to do that. You're going to have to, at the current printers, of course, you're going to have to do all the cleaning and painting yourself. The right. printers that are on the horizon do color. So who knows where that's going to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you one of the projects I've been working on for myself I want to do a set of flat cars with Sherman tanks on them, um, World War II era Sherman tanks. Sure. And the models for the Sherman tanks, you can get them in 187, and they're like 20 or $25 a piece. So if I want 10 flat cars, um, it's going to be a bit of money. So what I've been working on and have not successfully done yet, but I will, is to print them on my printer, and I figure it's going to cost me about fifty cents or seventy-five cents a piece to print them, and then oh, I'll just man. paint them all of drab. That detail might not be as perfect, but you know yeah. what? They're going to be running around in a flat car. Who's yeah? Who's they're gonna... moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the titchy flat car set, the six car set. I got to pick up another one, and, and hopefully I'll have that together before oh, forever goes by. It's on the cool. list. So that's just an example of you know the difference in price that can be made. At that price, so mm-hmm. wow. And I have seen some that are. I have seen some that are available to buy on like eBay. Has a, a couple people that I don't know. If I I believe they are three D printed. They're solid. They're solid vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. You know, I have never held one in my hand or checked them out. They look pretty good on and online. Now, I don't know if they're. They may be resin cast. I think they may be resin cast, but they're they're selling them at a more reasonable price at five six dollars a pop. So I mean, I think there's hope. It's gonna. I, I'm hoping that there's hope. But by the time we get to the point where we need to put a bunch of vehicles on, but anyhow, that's I went down another weird little rabbit hole there. No, that's all right. But uh, now, yeah, I mean, uh, go ahead. Man, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm going through your Shapeways site here. And I'm just blown away. Now, is there um, everything that you do in every everything that you you do from N all the way to what, what's your largest scale here? Um, I've got it. I think I got a one G scale model. So yeah. Somebody asked for fire hydrants or something. Yeah, I see that. But in any of the scales, you have N all the way up through G. Um, if there's stuff that we see, so say an N scale, I'm, I don't, I'm, you might have this available in. HO and the other scales too, but just say for instance, I wanted the uh, bathroom details in N scale. Uh, you might have that on the HO in HO scale interior as well. But if there's something that is you know done in a different scale, how is it easily done? Is it easily blown up to a larger scale or shrunk down to a smaller scale? Sometimes I, I maybe from going from larger to smaller might be a whole different thing, but from going smaller to larger, is that something that's easily done? 
Yes and no. Okay. Um, you can take a small, a small model and blow it up, and it'll be fine. But it's probably going to look kind of clunky. Gotcha. And the, the reason is the printers, even the, the high-quality printers that Shapeways uses, can only go a certain thinness. Gotcha. It, in an HO scale, if you have a wall, which is you know a flat surface that's supported, um, you can go about a scale inch thick. And that, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. However... If you shrink it down to end scale, it's going to be too thin to print. Gotcha. So you end up having to go back into the original design and make things thicker. In my process, I design everything, unless it's like a foundation for a particular building. I design all these details in one-to-one scale. So a bathtub is five feet long when I'm designing it. Mm-hmm. And I know that if it's going to be an HO scale model, I can't go thinner than an inch on any part of that model. And when I get it all done, then I scale it down to HO scale. Um, but if I'm designing it at N scale, then I know I maybe have to keep it two inches thick. And personally, uh, I, if I'm going to O scale, now I can do a half inch thick. I have to go back and redesign because I can do it better and I can do it thinner. Mm-hmm. And and so it ends up not being just a matter of hitting a button and making it twice as big. Uh, I end up going back down the rabbit hole that you gentlemen know so well. It's one of these rabbit holes for me. <laughs> I end up spending hours and hours redoing the design to make it better to do things I couldn't do in the smaller scale that I can do in the larger scale. Gotcha. It was just something I, I saw because I noticed there's some there are some different um, models available for different scales, and I didn't know if like, hey, I really like that thing in that you did over here in the O scale, or um, you know any of the other ones that. I might want an HO, so I didn't know if there was a different design process, so that you answered our question. I'm on his website, and I keep, while we're talking... I'll get that cut out. And then I'm getting, like, like sucked in reading this thing. (laughs) This is why I shouldn't do this while we do podcasts, you know? Uh, But, uh, and I was reading this at work as well. Um, But, now, what I'm noticing, you said when we were painting, you want to paint them, and, you know, people have them, and we want to, you know, they buy them and they want to paint them. Um, they, when they use it, is it like some, like I'm doing the Sylvan car right now. It's not the same material, obviously, but I found, by the way, that uh, I don't airbrush. And I know a lot of people swear by airbrushing when they do their their, their cars. I know, um, you know, um, Dan Raymond, who's one of the better probably one of the very best at doing vehicles um he does airbrushing but i found that with a sylvan car is one of the first ones i've tried to make and i'm working on now it that i just had to use a primer on it like uh now i I got a model primer model masters primer and um just primered it white and then i started uh painting it using um, acrylic craft paint like we normally do and I'm telling you right now there's no brush marks there's no lines mm. it's already flat and it's looking it's looking like it was looking awesome now can that be done in the same way with these with these 3d printed products yeah I've printed for instance the uh, the machinery sets I mm-hmm. printed them just with a brush and they look fine I have not airbrushed any of my models right um i you know i'll airbrush something like a building if it's bigger or something but uh for these maybe a primer i haven't tried it but i've uh, 
there's some good, I want to try some of the uh, scale modeling primers, like the Tamiya primers and things, because mm-hmm. I hear very good things about them on, uh, I listened to some of the scale models. I almost podcasts. bought a can of that yesterday at Hobby Lobby, instead of that- all model master stuff. I want to. I just wanted to give a shot. Too. You you listen to Scale Mahler's podcast? Yeah, I, I listened to uh, On the Bench from Australia. Yes, I think those guys are hilarious. Those guys are awesome. And there's also one from, and there's one from Canada, and the name is escaping me as I sit here, but it's uh, also a military ship in car models. I love the, the science fiction. I models. love the guys from Australia. Um, <laughs> that one we got to get them on, Dad. Those, it's okay. a whole different jo- it's a whole different type of modeling, but they would be a riot. What's it called? They have it's the on the bench, yeah, on the bench. On the bench. It's it's so similar. To, we, it's so similar to ours. We have to do it. We got to do it. Okay. We have, we have the bench time podcast. They got on the bench. We got to get them on. But cool. I'm glad you listened to them too because they are a riot. But yeah, um, they have a lot of good information about uh, clear coating. Um, and some of the different products they use a lot of the AK interactive products also Um, and and I listen to them to see if there's something they talk about first of all like I said they're enjoyable it's just a fun Mm -hmm. podcast Mm -hmm. to listen to but I also listen to see if there's any techniques that might come over into the model train world which they don't know much about and if you listen to uh, their two most recent podcasts you'll know how little they know about (laughs) (laughs) we gotta get them on i I do see more and more we post and uh stuff to a lot of the military modeler people um and then of course diorama uh build people who build dioramas and such in larger scale um uh i and they're not doing it for model railroading but i i do know that they're starting both that and the model railroaders are starting to intermingle and share their ideas and you know techniques and such and i'm seeing more and more of that lately um in this hobby and that's good there's so much that we can we've talked about this before there's so much that can be learned uh you know from each other oh there's a we can learn from a bunch of great modelers within right within all different hobbies i mean you have to rescale things a lot of times uh, but you know, that's not so hard once you are a little bit experienced in what you need to do. Right, yeah. Brett. But, Brett, when you get that truck finished, the the Ford pickup, you have to send a picture of that to them, those gentlemen, because apparently the scale modelers for cars they like them to either be customized or look like they came off the showroom floor. Yeah, um, I, I think your truck might be something they have not seen before. I'm not sure. Good. You know what? I'm, I, I was looking around at some of the other. So when you leave the world of model railroading and you look at modeling, um, like model like 125th or 124th scale vehicle models, there's so many people that do it like pristine or just like you bought a brand new car, right? And I found that there was, there's a few people that do it really beat up like the way I'm doing it, but they're, they're few and far between. And, um, why, like, why would you want to make it look like it was just bought? Why, you know, make it look like you drove it. I mean, obviously if you're buying a Lamborghini, if you're buying a model of a Lamborghini, you're going to want to look, want it to look nice. You don't want to see some beat up Lamborghini, but if you're buying a pickup truck, like a Ford F-150, 
make it look like it was used, like it was a work truck or a farm truck. So yeah. I, I'll send those guys a link a link to that because hopefully they they get a kick out of that. Yeah, it, you know, as long as we're talking about scale models for a minute, there's um, what is it, the International Plastic Modeler Society, I think IPMS. Uh-huh. They have chapter they have chapters around the country, and they do sh- local shows. For instance, there's one in Poughkeepsie, New York, which is a less than an hour from me that I'm probably going to try to see in October. And it's not a huge show, but I think it'll be good to see how they're doing it and, and try to get some techniques and see how things can look uh, from from a different hobby where they have some different ideas. So. Now, when you go to the shows, uh, you don't, you're not selling your products there at the shows, are you? No, I don't. I've never sold. You're, you're um, teaching it. Yeah, yeah. I, anybody that wants to buy my stuff, I sell it through Shapeways. They handle the all shape. the money okay. and the shipping and everything. They do it all. I have occasionally. Nice. You don't have to fool with anything. So, yeah. so your order, goal. Ship it. I'm sorry. Your your goal at these shows is to teach other people how to get set up with 3D printing? Yeah, to explain what the technology is. Okay. Um, the advantages and the limitations uh, answer the questions if somebody ends up going and buying some of my stuff that's a bonus uh, you know yeah. I'll take it right right but sure. um, this is this is not my first job and, and <laughs> I would be eating a lot of ramen noodles if I was trying to live on the, the money I think I make from a lot of us would be eating that a lot if uh, yeah. if it was our yeah, only uh, form of income so Yes, we would. Uh, we would have to be like, outside picking berries. We'd be getting grasshoppers um, and frying them. Yeah, yeah. But it does help subsidize subsidize my toys. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a that, good. It's a fun yeah. way to continue doing what we want to do as in far as far as the hobby, and also people like you and people like us and all the other people we've interviewed are keeping the hobby alive in some sense. So that's the value we get out of it. Yeah. There, there was nobody more surprised than I was when I sold my first model on shape. I said, oh my God, somebody else bought one of my... Someone wants my thing? Like, someone wants to, to buy my stuff? Like, and, and, and then I had to put together graphics to <laughs> that and, and the name of my business, Dave's Model Railway Stuff. There wasn't a lot of thought in that, really. Stuff. It was just... No, but you, you know, know what? I needed a name. I love it because right. that's so... Well, it's so... Uh, it's so it's what it is it's, it's stuff you know it's it's tables and 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 woodshop stuff and yep. it's it's a I whole monch podge of things your website is just smack packed <clears throat> full of uh you know different ways to, to you know basically it's a tutorial on all of this and uh from top to bottom on where to go even have links of where to go um you have links that take you everywhere to show you all kinds of different things down from designing it and painting it and cleaning them and uh, how to how to you know how to work with a, your own 3d printer at home like we discussed which is discussed, but- I, we, we started to discuss that so um as we wrap up this this episode dave um what would be your biggest tip to somebody who wants to get involved with 3d printing um, like what's the first step in just dipping your toes in, uh, say, say, say my dad. So my dad and I have zero experience in that. What would be your advice to somebody who wants to get started working with 3d printing or, uh, maybe even just, uh, getting their, their feet wet in the world of, of 3d printing? 
realize that if you're going to really get into it, it's an entire separate hobby. Okay. And it will take <laughs> as much time as your other hobbies. So do you have oh. the time to devote to it at that level? <laughs> That's a negative. It is. It is. Because nope. I would not want somebody to go out and spend hundreds of dollars to get a, uh, like a resin printer and the resin. And yeah. um, I have a, a an inline fan that I got from Amazon and some tubing for the venting. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody to make that kind of investment and then sit there and say, oh, my God, I don't have time for this. I can't find the models for it, whatever. Right. I, I, they're better off buying uh, Doug Fascali's newest kit mm -hmm. and uh, getting some details somewhere else. Or if so, right. or buying the models from someone who has has a 3D printer. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're in a railroad club, you very well might have a member who really likes 3D printing and might be willing to do things for other people in the club. And then you can, maybe he needs help with scenery or needs the uh, DCC encoder installed. Right. Um, that, that's the advantage of, the, of, for instance, the club that I'm in. We have a lot of different skills. Um, and, and, you know, you guys should think about modular clubs if there's any around there. Because I've heard you talking about it'd be nice to do some stuff that's a little different from the 40s and the seaside. You could do an old west. You could do a modern in, in a four-foot section. It's uh, manageable. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, definitely we, an idea. We were actually just talking today about doing uh, smaller my dad texted me. My dad sent me a text about doing just some smaller diorama work instead of just mm -hmm. focusing on the large picture of a layout, and uh, that might be kind of fun. You know, you never know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and two, two foot by two foot section, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so mostly the track just runs through it. So it's just, yeah. Most <laughs> yeah. of them are just a straightaway section. It's true. I mean, that's exactly right. It's a lot of fun. You get to meet some new people. That's the advantage mm -hmm. of joining a club like that. Yeah. So have you? Have you looked at the big Fremo setups that they do at some of the conventions? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, these, yeah we, these things can be huge. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we saw some of them down at um, Timonium. I believe they had some of them set up at Timonium, but yeah, there's some, there's some crazy stuff you see at these uh, with some of the clubs. And now some of the clubs do not go. Some of them are strictly on, as you know as well as we do, um, running yeah. just the trains and. Obviously, that's not for us. So, if we were to join something we'll like that, an unpainted, an unpainted plastic structure. Well, and that's what they, but 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 but, but, but that's what they're into. So, we would be more. We would always look for something kind of like what you guys do, right. where a lot of your members look like they're very interested in making a scene, um, yeah, right. or or maybe they're not as good at making a scene, but they're really good at electronics, like you said, and they can kind of help each other with some things and and to make a really cool section for their modular section of the of the club layout yeah. um when, so when when are you when are you guys going to make it up to the amherst show in springfield mass uh, in january hopefully this winter last winter was we had a tough. we had a rough yeah it was a rough winter yeah, last winter but um january. We we'll see how that goes yeah, there, there are some excellent clubs that set up up there our club sets up up there i'm up there every year and um there, there are just some really good modelers that have their work on display up there. We'll have it's, to it's make, we'll have to make it up there. Yeah, we definitely did. I mean, last year we did the expo in in uh, Albany, and then shortly after that, in January, we had, we had plans to do it, but then my wife had to go to the hospital a couple times. So we uh, during that during those months, so it was uh, it was rough. And so this year we'd like to get up, and we may even uh, well. We're, we're definitely going to get up and spend time and there's a, a we'll lot of there. people that we deal with are, are going to be there. We'll be know? there. And, 
Yeah, we'll be there. So, um, but yeah, uh, I so so I actually like that you, um, kind of told people who kind of just want to dip their toes into 3D printing that it is a big investment in time and effort because it's something that my dad and I have considered maybe doing or jumping into because it's are you, just... Are you changing a cassette tape or something in there? What the hell are No, you my daughter is digging through a Barbie oh, okay. container. <laughs> it, it sounds like, I'm, yeah, a eight-track or a cassette tape, yeah. but uh, no, it's... It, she's digging through a Barbie container. It, it probably won't show up on the regular show, but you guys it's can hear it. It's a quarter of ten. Tell her grandpa said to go to bed. <laughs> she, oh, well, it is what it is. But um, you guys probably won't hear it on the on the actual show. But anyways, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to hear that you that Dave that you said that it's a big investment in time that people don't necessarily realize, and it becomes almost a subset, a second hobby. So it's a hobby within the hobby to get into 3D printing. And um, to me, that kind of, A, interests me because now I want to know more about 3D printing just from talking to you. To, you know, now, now my brain's wandering and going, <laughs> what can we make with that kind of stuff? Or do we just kind of send something or an idea off to people like you who can help us achieve what we want when it's just a one or two run off of a storefront or a chimneys or different rooftop details or whatever it is. Um, it's a very interesting world and it's not something I think you want to just jump into because of the time that's involved with it. Also, if you can hear that, my dog is drinking water on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> I was wondering if somebody's taking a bath. What was going on there? It's an odd household tonight. <laughs> I, got, I got the door shut here to my study because otherwise it'd be the cats walking over my computer keys. And, and... Well, luck, luckily, the, the sound that you guys are hearing from Skype is off of a separate microphone from the sound that the listeners hear on the final recorded version. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I will say, Brett, is you have a background where you've already got a leg up on a lot of people, if, especially if you studied uh, 3D design. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I so did. You, you, I don't know what software you use. The, the best software out there for 3D design is SolidWorks probably, but it's also very expensive. I used Rivet uh, and AutoCAD. Okay. Well, AutoCAD, I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, something like SketchUp, it'd probably not be a big deal for you to, to get your head around. Okay. Uh, I, I think that you, you might find that interesting, especially, you know, you can't spend 24-7 scratch building buildings, you'll go nuts. Right. So it's it's good to be able to get something else where, okay, I want to get a break from that and here's something else that I can do. And you can do it on a laptop uh, anywhere. Yeah, you I mean, watching TV. I've since tinkered around with SketchUp just on my own time. Uh, and your dad will watch you. Yeah, and my dad yeah, can just learn from you. I'll looking over my shoulder. You you. <laughs> I'll, I'll come down and watch the 3D printer do its thing once you design it. Because uh, as far as my time goes, that's a negative Ghost Rider. No, but I think, but I think it's important to. I think it's important what Dave pointed out. Where I think the way 3D printing kind of comes across is it's easy and then anyone can do it, and there's. Uh, not much in time invested with it and when you look at YouTube videos on how people 3D print stuff it seems so quick and that's just my impression of it where in reality it comes down to if you really want some nice detailed stuff you need to invest some time into it at least um, it does take some time and, and it almost becomes another hobby so um, 
I didn't think about it that way before, but just because of my impression of it. So uh, I, I, I appreciate you clarifying it that way. And the, the 3D printers, for instance, the Ender 3, which is one of the ones I have, it's a good little printer, mm-hmm. but it's made with the cheapest components they could find in China. <laughs> Um, so I had a problem where it wasn't extruding the plastic correctly. It wasn't putting enough out. There was like holes in my models. You can actually see it in some of the pictures uh, oh, on wow. the website of the examples. And I had I tried like three different things, and I think I now know what it was. But I had to take the printer apart, and I had to work on it. And it, it, if I was relying on it for production or something, it would be a, a total no go. Right. But right. because it's a hobby and it doesn't matter if it takes me a, a week or two to get the printer back online, it's not a big deal. But True. like I said, it's an investment. There's other more expensive printers. For instance, uh, there's a company uh, Pressa that makes a printer that's very good, but it's also a thousand dollars for the same technology of using the filament. Sure. Well, that's great. Yeah. So. Um, I just wanted to quickly reiterate, uh, if anyone's interested in seeing what Dave has for his own things, you can head on over to davesmrs.com, D-A-V-E-S-M-R-S.com, or within that- and you'll you can, spend a lot of time checking you'll out- You'll go down the trails that we have tonight and, yeah. uh, and, and even more. So, or you can click on the link within our show description to his Shapeways page, which is too long to spell out because there's a bunch of forward slashes and a whole bunch of whatnot, but I will have it in the link uh, in the show notes so you can see what Dave Dave offers also on his Shapeways page because there's some really cool stuff like the, um, you have have interiors to trains, you have interiors to, not trains, but you know, you have a Thurn Pullman observation car, and you have a whole bunch of other interior details that not just uh, structure models modelers would be into. So, um, if you're interested in anything else that Dave has to offer, you definitely need to go on those links and check them out. Um, yeah, because I got want some radiators to hang. I already saw a bunch of you stuff. Know, you know, you know when you see a building that was torn down next to another building, uh-huh. and on the outside wall. It's oh. like a radiator hanging yeah. on the second floor uh-huh. in the air, just defining gravity. It's like hanging in the wall. <laughs> I, I want to do that. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know if I've seen that on a model before. No, but, I, um, I haven't, but I've seen um, it in Harrisburg. I know I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> but not just that, but there's a bunch of other really cool stuff. There's school desks. There's old bar right. stools. There's a, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that is so... Um, I would have never thought to add it to our stuff, our layout ever. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's important to check out. So uh, again, thank you, Dave, for coming on. I think we could have probably filled another hour or two of questions and it, we might have you on again here just because I have other questions that I wanted to talk about as far as designing new stuff, as far as custom design. So uh, maybe in the future, uh, we'll have you on yeah. for another episode. Yeah, now okay. they, I'd, be, I'd be happy to. In one of the threads we had this week was on the quick, uh, the the cricket machine. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Been on that conversation as well. I, I have one. I have only cut out the test prints. I have not had time to okay. play with, with it. I have the. We uh, got to get back with you yeah. on the cricket thing then, because that's another. We got to figure out that monster. We got we got to figure out that monster because I feel like yeah. there's a lot more you could do with it that we haven't even seen yeah. yet. There is somebody on the Patreon page that 
and I didn't realize the first time I read his post, but he had, I believe, pictures of a model that he made the walls using a Cricut cutter. Um, oh, I think I remember I seeing that. I saw that, and I haven't. I was busy at work this week. I had not <laughs> had a chance to read that. But um, the um, now you you you've tried cutting a couple things with yours, correct? I haven't tried basswood yet. I haven't. Okay. Uh, I, haven't I think you need a different blade for that. And, and uh, yeah, it's a heavier cutter blade. The big thing, the Maker, which is the more expensive machine. Yeah. It, the knife is on a gear, so it can change the direction of the knife before it cuts. Oh my gosh! Machines, it's a drag knife. Yeah. So you can get. I'm hoping you can get nice, sharp, like window openings. Yeah, uh, so, that'd be ideal. And, and there's also an embosser that you can actually make lines in paper. And I'm thinking that should work in wood also uh, oh, yeah. to make different kinds of designs into the wood. So, but and, it's, and you have which machine? I have the Cricut Maker. The Maker, okay. Yeah, that's a, it's, but it's like a, I too many toys. Um, <laughs> I, I had a good month with the 3D models and I said, geez, I want one of these. And I got it yeah. and it came and I've had it's been sitting no there time. Since. Yeah, it's a, it's a third hobby. <laughs> oh my. Uh, well, yeah. So when, when you get on that, <laughs> you start fool with you because now we know how good you are with the uh, with the three uh, D printer. We want to we want to well, talk maybe, to you about and maybe by that point too. we'll have already jumped on uh, gonna, on our own have one. and yeah. we can we can collaborate on some ideas here. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, man. Well, you know. As I look more and more, there's even more we could talk about, but um, I think we're going to wrap up tonight's episode with what we've talked about already and uh, hopefully um, gives everyone a little bit more insight into the 3D printing world. And if you haven't already, head on over to Dave's sites and all the links are in the show notes. Um, Check out what he has to offer because there's some stuff in there you just can't get elsewhere. So um, it's worth checking out. It's very cool. Really cool. uh, but thank you for your time tonight, Dave. Um, I don't know if, is there, if, very interesting. Is there anything else here you wanted to add before we wrap up tonight? Uh, I'd just like to invite anybody that's at either of the regional conventions, either in Syracuse in September or King of Prussia in October, or if they're at one of the train shows that we list on our club website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not at every show, but if I'm at the show, I'm more than happy to talk to people about 3D printing and the, the hobby and the technology. Don't hesitate to come up and bug me. And the club website, by the way, is Valley Atro Track with a K, T-R-A-K dot com, correct? Yes. Okay. So um, we'll try to make I, – I know my dad and I are definitely interested in King of Prussia. Um, yeah. Uh, so hopefully we might meet you out there. But um, yeah. we will uh, put all the show notes – all the links that Dave talked about tonight and that we've talked about tonight are in the description. Uh, so um, until we talk again, Dave, thank you for coming on the show. You've opened our eyes up into a whole nother world of modeling that we have not even touched yet. And I feel like there's a lot more to be seen from uh, scale modelers in this part of the world uh, of, of, of modeling that hasn't even really been scratched yet. So thanks again. Thank you. 